This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A Sunday get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Want to see your loan options, adjust payments, and closing costs all in real time online? You can do that. Rocket can make that happen for you. All right. Uh, it's not often that I get the chance to talk to one of the best in his field, one of the best in the business, but I am lucky enough to be able to do that right now. Joining me is the 2020 Eclipse Award Trainer of the Year, Brad Cox, good enough to give us a couple of men's insights today here on CBS Sports Radio. Brad, Jody Mack here. How are you, bud? Hey, great, Jody. How are you doing? Very good. First and foremost, congratulations on the Eclipse Award last year. Uh, one of the highlights so far of your training career? Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, it's, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a big thing in, you know, in the thoroughbred industry, the Eclipse Awards. And, uh, you know, to, be, to, be, uh, to win the award was a, a huge honor and uh, you know, very proud of, uh, you know, the year we had in 2020. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can build off of it moving forward into 2021. And it was a uh, different kind of year for all of us in 2020. Horse racing, no exception, although your sport got to stay the course more so than a lot of other sports. How difficult was it just to run the operation that you run, multiple tracks, graded stake winners everywhere across the entire country? How much did COVID make it that much more difficult for you? No, it obviously really slowed it down, you know, uh, late March uh, all the way through. I would say uh, April in, into May, and then you know I'd say mid-May, June things started picking up again. You know, racetracks were able to adjust, uh, you know, under new new protocol, and uh, it, it worked out. You know, considering the circumstances, very fortunate to get as much accomplished uh, um, in 2021 as we did as an industry, and uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, back to normal uh, in the near future. Well, we'll see how normal plays the first Saturday in May, because that's one of the things I want to talk to you about. Um, seven Breeders' Cup championship races, two Kentucky Oaks wins, an Eclipse Award for yourself last year, Eclipse Award for your girl, Monomoy Girl, last year as well. There's one big box you got to check yet, and that's the Triple Crown, which starts, of course, in Kentucky, Louisville, your hometown, and you've got three really legitimate top six, seven horses as of right now. And we've got eight weeks to go before the Derby, so that can change. But how are you feeling about your chances this year, the first Saturday of May? I feel feel like we're in a very, very good position. Uh, we have three solid Colts for, um, you know, great connections between Goodoff and Judmont and Shortly Stable. So, uh, you know, we, we, we have the horses. They have the pedigrees. They all appear as if they can get the mile and a quarter, which is very important. They all have speed. Um, you know, the, so, we, you know, we, we have a great hand. Wouldn't trade uh, hands with anyone. Uh, just, uh, you know, very fortunate to be in a fantastic position with all three coats. And they all seem to be, you know, really moving forward. We have uh, Caddo River next weekend in the Rebel. We're excited about him. It'll be, you know, I think his first real true test. Um, 
you know, around two turns, he's had the victory in the Smarty Jones, and, you know, he's, he's going to have to step up to the plate next week, obviously in a grade two, but we're excited about the challenge. Understood. Let's go uh, to him quickly, one by one. Cattle River, you just mentioned, going two turns for the first time. Uh, just missed up in Saratoga and Belmont. And then won a Churchill. That's always a pretty good open uh, omen. And then got the Smarty Jones in his first stake effort this year. Uh, you mentioned going two turns is going to be new for him, but how's he working in the morning? How's he coming up to the race? He's an extremely good workhorse. His work here yesterday morning at the fairgrounds was was amazing. His last few works have been just, um, you know, exactly what you want to see from a three-year-old, um, you know, prepping for a derby, derby prep. So, um, uh, just, you know, super happy with how he's, how he looks, um, his condition, you know, his, his times, the way he's moving throughout his works and uh, how he's most important, how he's coming out of them. So, uh, you know, we, we feel like we've, we've done as much work with him of the morning as we can and we're prepared and set up for a big effort next weekend. Brad Cox, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio, talking about his triumvirate of horses that are targeting the first Saturday day in May in Louisville. Well, you get the Hook Country Tour last week. Chances are the first time uh, this year that you're going to have to match wits against a Bob Baffert-trained horse, but you're probably going to get a couple more shots even after this one come this weekend. Yeah, I would think so. You know, hopefully down the road, you know, I guess, you know, we'll see how it goes first Saturday in May, but definitely, you know, it's, uh, you know, looking forward to the challenge next weekend uh, in the Rebel. Baffert against Cox. I think we're going to hear plenty of that this year. All right. uh, Tell me about Mandaloon. I was watching the day that he broke his maiden at Keeneland and it was eye opening for me. Comes back, wins an allowance at Churchill, and then you take him down to your home track, the fairgrounds. Comes up just short in the Lecomte, but then reverses that decision in the Risen Star. How has this horse progressed? Is he right where you need him to be right now? Oh, yeah. This horse is thriving right now. Um, you know, he's being appointed for the Louisiana Derby. It's in two weeks, uh, the 20th of March. It's a mile and 316th. So we've always thought he was a horse um, that, that would, you know, um, mile and a quarter horse. You know, he's got enough speed to be close. Um, you know, he's able to win going three quarters, first time out, seven, eight, second time out setting off the pace, taking dirt wherever he needs to be and was able to get up and get the job done. Second, I'm sorry, third start, first time around two turns, a little bit of a learning curve for him, no blinkers. We added the blinkers. We kind of always thought he was a horse that needed blinkers, but he wasn't doing really anything wrong. He was winning. We added the blinkers in the Risen Star, and we saw a more polished horse for sure. Um, he got the same trip in the Risen Star as he got in the Lecomte. Seemed to move forward figure-wise. Um, you know, he's a horse that, Really do believe it's getting better the more we're doing with him. He had a fantastic work here yesterday morning. And, you know, Garrett O'Rourke from Judmont Farm, you know, definitely said from the get-go, you know, he was a horse early on that he thought, you know, checked all the boxes for a mile and a quarter horse. And he certainly seems like he's, you know, moving in that direction, exactly what you want to see this time of year. I did notice a 59-1 and bullet yesterday, so uh, he is certainly training well and staying right on pace for that uh, Louisiana Derby that you mentioned. Um, Here's my question about Cattle River and Mandaloon, both regular jocked by Florent Giroux, who rides a lot of horses for you and a lot of very good horses for you. You two have been a heck of a combo. Uh, how does that decision get made if both win their prep races and are heading to Kentucky for that first Saturday in May? Is it you and Florent? Do you leave it up to Florent? Do you try and push him in one direction of the two if you think it's a better fit? Uh, and if that's the case, how do you decide who to go with to replace him on your other horse? 
Yeah, you know, listen, at the end of the day, someone asked me this the other day, and, you know, I, I hope that this is an issue, and I hope that this is a, something that we <laughs> a hurdle that we have to cross. I hope mm-hmm. we're, both horses, you know, continue to move forward. Obviously, our plan is Mandaloon one, one more race, Cattle River two more races. So, you know, there's, there's some things that have to happen. Um, and then, you know, I'm hoping, like I said, <laughs> that this is a decision that will be a hard one and one that we'll have to make uh, come Derby, you know, Derby, let's say a week or two before the Derby, not, not, uh, not the month of March. So, uh, um, you know, I, like I said, I'm very hopeful that this is going to be an issue and I, ho- I hope it is, uh, cause that'll mean both horses are on track and doing well and, and deserve to be in the Derby. One of those cross that bridge when you come to it type moments for you and Florent understood. Uh, that's not the case with his central quality, uh, because Luis Saez has been riding him. Uh, Bridgeman broke his maiden, and then Saez jumped aboard and has won three straight undefeated two-year-old champion and, if not the favorite, uh, co-favorite right now as uh, Kentucky Derby future uh, potential wager at this point. When you put Louis up for his second mount, was there reasoning behind it? Was he just the right jock on that day? How did you know these two were going to be as good a fit as they've turned out to be? Yeah, you know, we've had a lot of luck with Louis throughout the years, and, uh, you know, I just thought it, you know, um, you know, Keeneland, it, it would be, you know, a good move forward. We, you know, we've done a lot of business with Louis and, and you know, happy with, um, you know, what he's brought to the table over the years for us. And, um, you know, it worked out extremely well. I mean, you know, to, to say he was going to fit a central quality as well as he did, you know, you never know. But he's a very good horse, and he, he's he's a horse that's, you know, puts a rider in a race and, and uh, you know, very fortunate to have him. And, and it's worked out really well. I mean, he's, he's three for three on the Colt and, uh, you know, done an exceptional job all three times and, you know, looking forward to him, you know, moving forward. He'll need to in order to, to, you know, win the Kentucky Derby. And his next prep will be the Bluegrass at Keeneland. He's done nothing wrong there. And I think it's the, the most logical spot that makes sense. We talked it over with Jimmy Bell from good off and just thought that that made the most sense moving forward with him. So hopefully, you know, all's well, he'll show up in the Bluegrass. Now he won very impressively in the slop at the Southwest. I know you're probably a little nervous going into it, but now that the results are in, he looked as good as he did. Uh, nice little learning experience for him in case it turns up a uh, rainy day on either uh, the Bluegrass and or Kentucky Derby Day. Yeah, for sure. You know, every time, you know, this horse he's had, uh, you know, first time out, he won setting off horses sprinting, he was able to get up, you know, uh, going three quarters and put him, put some decent horses away, then obviously to the front in the Breeders' Fraturity, and then obviously in the Breeders' Cup, they kind of got away from him a little bit, a little more speed in the race, it collapsed, he made a wide, had a wide trip, was able to kick on down the lane, ate a lot of dirt that day, and then obviously the other day, like you said, he was able to, you know, take some mud in his face, get out where he needed to be, got a nice clear trip after breaking from down on the inside, so, you know, this horse is able to, you know, take his show on the road, he had never breezed or worked at Oaklawn. Um, he's a pretty solid horse. I mean, any horse that's four four champion, two year old, and done what he's done in four races is, you know, definitely worthy of being called a champ and, uh, you know, um, uh, a future book favorite, I guess you would say, um, in, in the wagering. So, you know, super happy with where we, where he is and how he came out of the Southwest and, you know, onto the bluegrass. All three of these horses were uh, very well bred, two year olds, went for a pretty good price. All three of them broke their maiden in the state of Kentucky. Two at Churchill, one at Keeneland, Mandaloon, one at Keeneland. Which of the three, after that first time into the winner's circle with them, did you most say to yourself, 
yeah, this one could run the first Saturday in May. Well, you know, um, obviously Mandaloon and Essential Quality broke their main first time out, and we liked them a lot. You know, they showed a lot. Um, Caddo River obviously ran seven eights first time. It's very hard to win seven eights at Saratoga. Um, we liked him a lot. Um, and then after, he was obviously second again in his second start. And then when he broke his maiden at Churchill going a one-turn mile, you know, it was very, very impressive. And, I mean, he put away some nice horses and really kicked on down the lane and thought, you know, if this horse is going to be able to get around two turns, um, it's definitely, you know, definitely he could be a, definitely be a derby horse. Um, and then he proved that he was able to get around two turns in the Smarty Jones. And, you know, that's just a mile. But now we're going to, you know, get a little bit further. But he certainly acts like he's going to be able to carry speed uh, beyond a mile and a sixteenth and hopefully a mile and a quarter. He's a very good horse and got a lot of speed. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But all, all three are just, you know, very good in their own way. That's why Brad Cox is good at this. He didn't come close to answering my question. I didn't know if he was going to, but I figured I'd take a shot. Uh, Brad, I just want to get a couple quick notes on your other two phenomenal horses. Uh, know the Kentucky Derby is uh, foremost in your mind. It's another box you got to check. But Montemoy Girl has checked a lot of boxes for you already. After our Breeders' Cup win last year, she was sold, and the decision was made to come back and race again in 2021. How did that come down? Well, you know, Spindrift, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, give give a, a good bit of money for her and, and, you know, that the, she's got, you know, so much residual value and my racehorses uh, came in on her and Mattakit bought in on her as well. Um, so, you know, it, it's, um, it, it all worked out well. You know, there were some people that were interested in continuing to race her if they were able to pick her up at the sale and Spindrift was one of them. Um, and their plan was to campaign her. Some people would ask about, you know, just bringing her back and maybe running her in the Saudi Cup or Dubai or the Pegasus World Cup. Uh, Spinther's plan was to campaign her all year. And in order to campaign her all year, thought it made the most sense to keep her, you know, stateside, not go, not go, um, not travel um, to the Middle East or anything with her. So, um, it's, so far it's worked out well. Obviously, we just, you know, we was able to pick off the Bay of Coa last weekend. I thought it was a good uh Good start to her year, and then, you know, we'll turn our attention toward the Apple Blossom there at Oakland. It's a prestigious grade one worth a million dollars, and, uh, you know, it's a lot. It's a great race that a lot of champion Philly mares have won, um, such as, you know, Azari and Bayacoa and so many greats throughout the years. So, you know, if she was able to add her name to that list, it would it would mean a lot. So, uh, you know, it's a very prestigious race, one of the top Philly mare uh, two-turn races there is in the country. Well, I can tell you a few horse racing fans are glad that's the way it shook out that they get to see that great Billy again this year. And last one, maybe the one that you could be most proud of, Nick's Go. Solid horse is a two-year-old, three-year-old, not necessarily a star, and then jumps all the way up to superstar level late in his four-year-old year, winning the Breeders' Cup mile and then coming back and taking the Pegasus. All right, he might not travel well, didn't do quite exactly what you wanted when you took him to Saudi Arabia, but... Where the heck did you get him from? How did you raise this horse's level to the level that it's at right now? Well, you know, he's always been a good horse. I mean, you know, he's a grade one winner at two, and not only a grade one winner at two, but, you know, a very good performance in a, in the Breeders' Cup at two. So, you know, we just got him the start of his four-year-old career, and he's working extremely well. It gives us a lot of confidence. We backed him up. We run him in the condition he was eligible for, which was a two-other-than allowance. Um, then he did have a setback, a minor setback. Took some time, brought him back, run him in the most logical spot, which was the three other than at Keeneland, 
And honestly, I had no intentions on running him in the Breeders' Cup. I was going to point him for the Clark Handicap at Churchill. Uh, he performed well enough to give us the confidence to try to get into the Breeders' Cup. The Breeders' Cup committee of you know allowed him to in the body of the race, and it worked out well. He's actually a favorite, and uh, he performed the way uh, you know he'd been training. So uh, he's a good horse. You know, we probably did a little bit too much with him, too quick there with going to Saudi, but there were twenty million reasons to try. <laughs> um, it, it, it didn't work out, but you know I'm happy to report that he came out of the race extremely, extremely happy and healthy. He actually just arrived at Keeneland yesterday out of quarantine, out of Chicago, and uh, he settled in great. Um, he, he he really seemed to come out of the race in good order, and uh, you know we'll we'll pick his training back up first uh, of April, and we're hopeful that he'll you know be back to races at some point this spring, maybe early summer. He is your Eclipse Award winner for trainers in 2020, and he thinks he's got a big-time shot. He might not say it, but I'll say it. He's got a big-time shot to go back-to-back if his three-year-olds, his great filly, uh, does what he always does. And if uh, Nico can continue to do what he's done, Brad uh, uh, Cox has one of the best stables in America. We wish you continued luck with it. Uh, We will certainly be in touch again when we get uh, further down the Triple Crown Trail. Thanks for jumping aboard with us today, Brad. Thanks for having me on, Jody. Good luck. My pleasure. That's Brad Cox here with us on CBS Sports Radio. I like all three of his horses' chances. Yes, you know, I've been touting Mandaloon for a couple of months. Essential quality is the two-year-old champion, Caddo River. Yes, I would place third, but that's the beauty of horse racing. Any one of those three, and he's going to have 17 others competing with him in the starting gate on that first Saturday of May. All right, Jody Mack here with you on CBS Sports Radio. How about a little horse racing talk? Mix that in with everything else we've got going. NBA All-Star Game, college basketball, a little baseball mixed in. Hop on my telephone lines, 855-212-4227. MacMan here with you on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.